0: You're listening to What The History, a podcast where two nerds talk about some awesome, crazy, random stuff you probably don't remember learning about, but you're going to now.
1: Hey, nerds. It's Sarah and Casey. We are here with another badass babe to talk about today. And we realized our last few episodes were depressing as fuck. <laughs> so we tried to be as not depressing as possible Yeah, and go with Jane Goodall. Which, Uh,
0: actually, nothing I read about her made me depressed. So I feel really good about this choice for us. Like, I
1: felt bad for gorillas a couple times, I guess. Yeah. But, like, she's very inspiring. No, like, super depressing things. Where the patriarchy comes up, she, like, overcomes it or whatever.
0: Yeah, and she's not dead, so. She's
1: not dead. (laughs) So we figured this was our best shot at a happy episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah, so we're going to talk today about Jane Goodall. um This is another one I got myself into where I'm like, "Fuck, I don't know how to pronounce any words."
0: Oh, I know, and you got kind of screwed with the stuff in Africa, like it's yeah. it can be really challenging. Yeah, I know yeah. some of it because of the stuff that I have to teach the kids, so I'm at a mm-hmm. slight advantage. But even some of the stuff that I was looking yeah. at, I was like, "Oh shit!" So
1: yeah, there's like a couple I know just because like I've heard of Gombe before, mm-hmm. right? But um. We're going to do that thing I do where I just say, you know, a place (laughs)
0: sometimes. Here's the letter of the word. (laughs)
1: Yes, there's a place somewhere on the continent of Africa.
0: Yes, reminder to everyone listening that Africa is a continent. Thank you very much.
1: True, a full continent. And she goes different places on it. So sometimes we do say Africa, but there are specific (laughs) places inside of Africa that are different from each other.
0: Exactly. Yeah. All right, cool. I'll kick it off with her early years uh, okay. before she arrives on the continent of Africa. So <laughs> Valerie Jane Morris Goodall was born on April 3rd, 1934 in Hampstead, London. Her father was a businessman slash engineer. So I don't really know like how those two things are actually related okay. but yeah i heard Maybe that he, he was owned
1: an engineering business
0: so like that's what i'm thinking because the engineer does come into play a little bit later but
1: okay. i i read
0: it both ways so he's a business engineer uh-huh. and <laughs> his his name was mortimer herbert yes. morris goodall and her mother was margaret M- mifanway joseph I think I, is the best way to say it. I Or she like wrote under the name Van Morris Goodall. V-A-N-N-E. Okay. Is that Vanny?
1: van I I don't know.
0: Oh, we're really starting strong. This is the third line in my notes. Right, so, and this is just some like British people shit. I know. This, is I was gonna be- gonna say, this isn't even like Africa. This is like British people shit. So we'll yeah. say Van. It doesn't come up anymore. It doesn't even really matter. Um. <laughs> so when Jane was young... She took a liking to animals pretty early on, so much so that when she was like about just over a year old, her father actually gifted her with a toy chimpanzee rather than the traditional teddy bear in honor of a baby chimp that had been born at the London Zoo recently. And in traditional English fashion, her parents' friends were like horrified by this gift. And they were like, oh, my God, this is what a terrible toy to get your daughter Uh, And Goodall later on, like, comments on this early memory saying, quote, my mother's friends were horrified by this toy, thinking it would frighten me and give me nightmares, quote. But regardless, Jane actually loved the toy so much, she named the monkey Jubilee, who still to this day sits on Goodall's dresser in London, Cute. which I thought was just the cutest fucking thing. Dead. And it's funny because, like, I kind of know what they mean when they say, like, oh, this is a scary toy because my my dad I feel so bad so my my grandfather passed away when my dad was two so my dad really has no memory of him I obviously never met him and when we were kids my dad had like gotten some stuff from my grandma that was that had belonged to my grandfather
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and one of them was this like little tiger stuffed animal that was like 60s creepy looking you know what i mean yeah. like just like somewhat off but like it was also really worn because it, it was something my dad used like all the time and mm-hmm. its eyes glowed in the dark and mm-hmm. nobody knew that mm-hmm. until we went to bed that night and the no. eyes glowed in the dark and we like threw the thing across the room and my dad was like really bummed that we didn't like it as much as he thought we would and i don't oh. actually even know where that thing ended up but I can totally feel the whole like being yeah, horrified know. by a stuffed animal,
1: right? But he was like, "No, that's my that's my toy."
0: Yeah, exactly. And I felt so that's bad, cute. but so I read that and I totally, you know, appreciated it. Yeah. that. Um. So her fascination with animals only got more intense as she got older, especially when her family moved further from the city to Bournemouth. Yep, yep. I'm gonna say Bournemouth. Um, yep. one. One website that I was reading said that at five years old, Jane would actually hide in a hen house nearby to watch and discover where the eggs came from, from the chickens. And this always distressed her family who would, like, freak out for hours, like, where the hell is she? And then they would find her and they would never (laughs) scold her. Instead, they would actually encourage Jane to, like, share what she discovered about where the eggs came from, which I thought was really, really cute. Yeah. So for the most part, her childhood was a pretty happy one um, by most accounts. And she would spend hours playing and exploring outside. Uh, She attended a place called Upland School, which was an independent school nearby their home. And really the only challenges that came were in the late 1930s and early 40s with like, you know, World War II. And Jane's father actually had to work um, in the army as an engineer, which is why that engineer thing kind Uh. of came back up. So Jane really didn't get to see him too much. And then after the war ended, her parents actually ended up divorcing. But okay. again, I didn't really see anything that was like overly traumatizing, I guess. Right. That's pretty like basic stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Jane finished school in 1952, but was pretty much unable to afford going to any university at the time. So instead, she just learned how to do secretarial clerical work. Uh, she got hired at Oxford University pretty much directly out of i guess her secretarial studies and then she moved on to work in london for a filmmaking company where her role was to choose music for documentaries which i thought was kind of cool that's fun considering like how much she's going to come back into that sort of documentary scene later on in life yeah um and then four years after graduating i guess year 12 or whatever high school um, whatever they call it yeah I i have no fucking idea school (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like primary school, but that's not right. No, um, secondary? I think, yeah, secondary school. Uh, So four years after she graduates secondary school, a friend of James, uh, James, Jane's mm-hmm. named <laughs> Chloe Mange invites okay. Jane to spend time at her family's farm in Kenya. And it was always a dream of Jane's to visit Africa. And so in late 1956, she quit her job to embark on this adventure, which is actually where you're going to pick up. Yes, which actually worked out perfectly When I was like scanning your notes, I was like, yeah,
1: yes. that's like my first bullet point was basically your last bullet point,
0: Ah, oh, so seamless. Guys, always we're finally getting it thirty eight exactly. episodes in we've fucking nailed it, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, so Jane's always been drawn to animals and to the idea of Africa just because we tend to associate that with a lot of wild animals. Um and so in nineteen fifty seven she goes to her friend's farm in the Kenyan highlands. And she does get work there as a secretary, since that's what she's been trained in. But she's living on the farm. And her friend tells her, hey, you should call this guy Louis Leakey, who is a really well-known Kenyan archaeologist and paleontologist. And she just says you should call him and get together and chat about animals, right? He's interested in some of them. He might know, like,
0: a good place to go or people to talk to or whatever. Right, like, if you want to learn about African animals, this is your guy. Yeah, like, try him. But
1: this ends up being, like, basically entirely life-changing for Jane. So, Mm -hmm. Louis Leakey at the time, he had this kind of hypothesis that studying the great apes would provide a window into the behavior of early humans and, like, hominids and Neanderthals and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And had actually been looking for a chimpanzee researcher. So he's not an animal researcher himself. He just has this idea that from like an archaeologist, historian, anthropologist perspective.
0: Okay. I was going to say, would, is he like an anthropologist technically? It,
1: he It listed him as an archaeologist and paleontologist, but so okay. I think he focused on like early humanity. Got it. And so he was like, well, probably the closest thing we have are the different great apes and primates, And so if we research them, we might learn more about humans. Mm, And so he was looking for a chimpanzee researcher because that wasn't what he did or his wife did, who was his main co-researcher. Right. Um, But he doesn't say this right away. He has lunch with Jane and he hires her as his secretary. Right. They, They get along well. They have similar interests. So he says, do you want a job? And then he goes back and talks to his wife, Mary Leakey, who, like I said, is also a major part of his research. Mm-hmm. And she agrees, and they decide to send Jane to the Olduvay Duvet Gorge, which is in, and you know what? I learned this word for a different episode, and now I don't remember. Uh, um, Tanganyika, yeah, Tanganyika, which is modern day Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we would consider it that. But they send her to this gorge, and then he kind of lays out for her, "Hey, here's what I want you to do." She's basically his little protege, right? You like animals. You're gonna go here and study the chimpanzees,
0: which is wild because like she has no training in this. Yeah, she
1: has. She just likes animals and is and has a high school
0: degree. Yeah,
1: (laughs) they're like you're hired. Yep, he's like you're my chimpanzee researcher. So she obviously (laughs) agrees. Um, and he actually after that sends her to London to study primate behavior and primate anatomy. Mm. And he raises funds himself for, like, everything she does. So he raises money for her to go to the Gombe Stream National Park. And that makes her the first of what became known as the Trimates, which mm. was three women. Um, So her and two other women who Leakey chose to do this research and basically installed in the national parks.
0: The Trimates. The Trimates. Very cute, I right? I just love that. Like, I don't yeah. even know... I want that like on a t-shirt or a water bottle like i want to
1: shit out of that (laughs) yeah and it's her it's also diane fossey oh wow um and then another woman who i had never heard of her name and don't remember
0: wait is that the same fossey no it's not it's a different fossey i'm thinking of fucking like hands
1: fossey bob fossey
0: (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) <laughs> i'm thinking of um the bird cage when he's like fussy fussy you know what i'm talking about yeah no about? that's um okay. that's different yep.
1: fossey that's Ham's totally Fosse. different fossey
0: i am so diane's
1: fossey is i think um what's that movie gorillas
0: in the mist oh oh f-o-s-s-e-y uh yes she was an S- american primate primatologist
1: i just know sigourney weaver played her <laughs> That's what I know about Diane Fossey.
0: Shit. I love Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. You know what? You could always do like seven degrees of normally it's like Kevin Bacon, but I feel like you could also do that with Sigourney Weaver. For sure. For sure. (laughs) Okay. Now that I'm looking at her, she looks pretty familiar. So yeah,
1: she's like the other big name in this besides Jane Goodall. And I'm (laughs) sure the third person is very like well known and respected too.
0: And we just have no fucking idea. I just don't remember.
1: But so she's the first of these trimates who he chooses to do this research. And so there is an element here of like this kind of weird researcher guy who's just picking women and being like, you guys do my monkey research. (laughs) But thanks to him, like they did it, you know? Mm -hmm. So the chief warden of the park, he agrees to let these women come, but he's concerned about their safety. And at first I was like, totally fair. You're going to live amongst a bunch of like wild
0: animals whose
1: behavior we don't really understand
0: Mm -hmm. and they don't either because like they're studying them so yeah
1: no one really knew much but then i was like i don't know if that's what he means by safety because he required her mother to come with her and i don't think her mother had any like super chimpanzee fighting skills
0: oh this is probably some like 50s yeah i think it
1: ended up being like
0: you're an unmarried woman alone And I'm also thinking, too, we probably should have – I didn't even think of this until right now. We still have a lot of these um – places in africa that are under european colonialism so mm, true there could definitely be a racial component to that too like yeah true this white lady is not safe around black africans kind of vibe which i wouldn't yeah. be shocked at so but yeah. in
1: all these cases i don't understand why her mom was supposed right. to right <laughs> right like her mom is like going
0: to have this <laughs> like secret like, ability
1: <laughs> yeah like i'm not sure why okay i have some safety concerns could you bring your mom <laughs> I, I don't really uh, know your mom
0: needs to sign their permission slip please
1: <laughs> right like i, I i'm i not quite sure how that's the leap but david Ansey, who was the chief warden of the park required this so her mom goes with her and jane goodall always credits her mom with like encouraging her to pursue this knowing it was in a male dominated field yeah um and so she like had to drop everything and go to this park with her you know um
0: so I, I wonder mean, if Jane was home. ever embarrassed by that. And she's like, oh, well, yes, I'm Jane Goodall and this is my mom. Like, Yeah, <laughs> this is my mom. She's here to watch me. Right. <laughs> I'm going to study now. Like, I feel yeah. like there may have been this element. But then at the same time, like, I fucking love my mom. So if I were to go study... Chimpanzees in Africa. I'd be like, Mom, do you want to fucking come with me? Like, I mean, and how cool do for it. her
1: mom? Like, I don't have to do the work, but I'm going to live in this national park, like, and see all this stuff. Right? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, but I just I don't know. I was like, I don't understand how this is safer, but okay. <laughs> um And so during her time that she's at Gombe, she is studying specifically chimpanzee social and family life and interactions. Mm-hmm. One of the first big things she does, and I'll talk about this a lot in depth later. Is that instead of numbering all the chimpanzees she's observing, she gives them names. Like Fifi.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, and she's Jubilee. Like,
1: <laughs> exactly. She learns their unique personalities, which at the time was not really a thing. Right? Like yeah. They, they kind of just saw them as test subjects. They didn't even really know they had unique personalities. The thought mm-hmm. was just they're animals and they would behave in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so like one of her early writings has the quote, It isn't only human beings who have personality who are capable of rational thought and emotions like joy and sorrow. And so she starts to observe things like similar to what we would consider a kiss or a hug, um, right. a pat on the back, tickling, like very human actions. Oh,
0: my heart is melting right now. Right.
1: And she attributes them to, like, close family bonds that developed in this community and lasted, you know, 50 plus years throughout the animal's lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so her ultimate finding, kind of what she reported back, was that the similarities between humans and chimpanzees went beyond genetics and included things like emotion, intelligence, and social relationships.
0: Which is, like, what she's there to study. So people criticizing this would step off because that's literally what she's fucking doing. It's learning this
1: But it basically challenged, like, two big beliefs at the time. Um, One was that chimpanzees were vegetarians, which was, like, very specific animal world. Mm -hmm. Um, It was believed they were vegetarians, and she finds a lot of evidence to the contrary of that.
0: Wait, like, they eat meat? Yes. Like, meat meat? Or, like, Uh, ants? So,
1: most of what I saw was about bugs. Uh, We'll get into some cannibalism, though
0: oh fuck yeah okay (laughs) and (laughs) Um, suddenly jane goodall's dark
1: (laughs) yes and the other one was kind of more broad it wasn't like in this world it was this idea that only humans could use and construct tools that was kind of how they defined like what made you a human at the time Mm. you know like the the philosophical question what sell, what separates humans from animals yeah um the ability to make and use tools was considered a big piece of that. And they even would say, man, the tool maker. Like that was a phrase that I guess was common, mm. but she saw a lot of things to the contrary. And one thing really early on that kind of led to both of these was she saw a lot of the chimpanzees would gather around a termite mound mm-hmm. and they would use things like stalks of grass and twigs to dip into the holes, remove the termites and basically spoon them into their mouth.
0: Yes, like, I. This is where I feel like it's so funny because I never realized how that wasn't common knowledge until she did this work. Right to me, that is common knowledge.
1: Yeah, and so they're basically like fishing for termites, and she sees this and it's a big deal. Um, because a that's a tool, right? Like it's the most rudimentary form of a tool,
0: right? Is right. they're making a spoon mm-hmm.
1: and they're eating bugs, which by definition means you're not a vegetarian.
0: Mm.
1: Um, And so Leakey, actually, he later wrote, quote, we must now redefine man, redefine tool or accept chimpanzees as human. So it like radically shifts a bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: Um, one of the other things that is like a bigger discovery is the aggressive side of the animals.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so that's also part of what I'm talking about the safety. Like they didn't really think they were in any way dangerous. At the time, yeah. they didn't realize how aggressive they could be. Yeah, do you ever see their fucking mouths? They've got
0: these right? massive teeth.
1: Yeah, they're like giant, stocky men. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> but so she starts to observe things like systematic hunting and killing of smaller primates. Oh my so god. So obviously this is a part right? great. Like it's not just chimpanzees. There's particularly this one kind of monkey called like a colobus monkey. And She observed that they literally ate, like, up to one-third of this monkey population per year. The chimpanzees did? Yes. Holy shit. Yeah, she would see them, like, chase them up trees and, you know, target them. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah, like, they were hunting. Right, Um, right. That makes sense, yeah. So, while they primarily do live on fruit and things like that, they definitely Mm -hmm. are not vegetarians. Um, right. And they were declining this population. Um, she also saw, so troops were kind of the idea of like a, like a pride, right? It's a troop okay, of chimpanzees.
0: Like, like a community, got it, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and she would see within these troops levels of aggression. So it wasn't that uncommon for the dominant female to kill younger females. Oh Basically God. to make a point was all she could observe, right? Oh. Like to maintain oh. their
0: dominance. Holy shit, that's actually kind of awesome though yeah and they would sometimes eat them so is this she's basically saying or observing that they're a matriarchal kind of species i don't know if that applies to non-humans so i don't actually know
1: so they had dominant females but i think there was also dominant males okay right like the females weren't killing and eating any of the male chimpanzees it was right so i think it was kind of separated right like just to like prove a point yeah Yeah, well it was like you're the dominant female and you're the dominant male and there's a Mm -hmm. hierarchy under both of those got it okay um and while she's doing this her methods are sort of different and she as much as she can tries to like ingratiate herself into the troops Mm mm-hmm um and so her methods made her the only human to this day to ever be accepted into a chimpanzee society, and so wow. for literally 22 months she acts as like the lowest ranking member of one of the groups. <laughs> I did say I feel like that's Tarzan Erasure. I feel like he was also accepted into society,
0: and he also was the lower ranking of the gorillas. Yeah,
1: and mm-hmm. what's the other one,
0: George of the Jungle? I don't know. Oh my I God, like George of the Jungle. <laughs> What a fucking movie! Where oh, sure. can I watch that? I'll, I don't I gotta, know. Where can I watch George? <laughs> I'm gonna have the, the little song
1: stuck in my head.
0: I love George, that movie.
1: George. George Amazon
0: Google. Prime. Oh wait, no, that's yeah. a fucking. Oh, that's the that's cartoon, a cartoon. So... I don't want that.
1: No, I want like the what's his name?
0: Brendan Fraser. Yes, I think yeah. it's on Disney Plus. Oh, oh it. it's on Disney Plus. Her... Oh my god, Perfect. it's the image of him holding up the lion and he's going to spin it oh my god i will say oh i can't wait to watch this now and
1: i know gorillas aren't chimpanzees like i do know that
0: but it's still humans being accepted by animal families so exactly i will allow it yes (laughs) (laughs)
1: um and then so in 1962 she's been at gombe for a couple of years leaky again goes out and raises money to send her to get a degree
0: Wow, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: And so she gets sent by him basically to the University of Cambridge to get a BA. Um, and then she goes on to get a PhD in ethology, which is the scientific study of animal behavior, mostly in natural conditions.
0: So that's basically. so cool. Like, imagine her being in your class, like, one of the only women. And she's actually been there. And she's, like, seen this shit. So she knows right. better than you automatically like that's so cool
1: yeah and so she does a thesis um she finishes in 1965 and it is called the behavior of free living chimpanzees so her thesis is basically like her observations
0: yeah it seems pretty straightforward yeah um
1: and it, it details mostly her time at the reserve in addition to like more research she does throughout the course of her school but i mean even like that's three years from the time she goes to school to the time she finishes
0: her doctorate yeah
1: right because like her research is already done
0: (laughs) right she's like oh yeah i already did that when i was in africa
1: (laughs) yeah like well yeah i already wrote some things down
0: i don't know about you guys but i'm actually the lowest member of a chimpanzee troop so yeah like yeah
1: um and i was confused and i couldn't find a good answer because i saw like it said she went and she got a ba and then she got the phd right but a bunch of things actually cite her as the first person or not the first the eighth person to study there without a bachelor's degree and so i couldn't actually figure out if she finished her bachelor's right Or she literally just like started and they were like no 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 we're just gonna like give you a phd instead
0: yeah like she just like skipped ahead to the end (laughs)
1: yeah like she's listed as having attended undergrad but i guess not finishing it i couldn't unless it's
0: one of those like honorary degrees that they give people
1: yeah i couldn't quite figure it out because like even wikipedia says she obtained a ba and then proceeded where she obtained a phd but then it says like she didn't have one so i'm not 100 percent sure on that but she for sure got a phd either way i just don't know if they made her do her bachelor's first right um i think she might
0: have like ap'd out of it it was i was gonna say it was also the 60s so like nothing mattered that's
1: accurate (laughs) um and she did later get an honorary doctor of science from um the university of tanzania
0: Oh wow, that's cool.
1: Yeah, so she has honorary degrees too, but she did do her PhD on all this, and Leaky did fund it. Hmm. And so that's what I've got on her kind of early time in Africa and her Gombe research and how she really gets into this.
0: Yeah, so Africa was like obviously a huge like milestone for her in a lot of ways, like professionally and personally, actually, because she's going to meet both of her husbands while she is working and studying. in africa so the first right. time the first husband i should say she actually meets while she's working with leaky and his name was baron hugo van lewick who was a dutch nobleman and a wildlife photographer which sounds so fucking cool yeah like what a life Ah, so anyway he actually so hugo began filming and photographing chimpanzees in august of 1962 When he soon encountered Jane and then the two were married about two years later on March 28th 1964 when Jane was about 30 years old and they lived together in Tanzania and worked together and they both you know worked at Gombe and other locations depending on wherever their research took them in Africa. So a fun fact is during her marriage, she became known as Baroness Jane Van Uh Lowick Goodall, which is so cool.
1: So do you think she was like the lowest member of chimpanzee society? But then she was like, guys, I'm a Baroness also. (laughs) Like, I'm also in charge.
0: Well, like, I don't know what the like of the echelons of society. Where is a Baron and a Baroness? I feel like they're also the lowest.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, they're like low royalty. But if you're not royalty... Like I don't have a title. A baroness is certainly higher than me.
0: Right, that's true. That's true. I, I mean, I don't know. That's actually really funny. Could you imagine if she like went up to the chimps and she's like, "Listen up, guys. I know yeah, I'm the lowest member of this group, actually but actually
1: in charge now." In but human again, world, I'm he
0: was kind of a big he was what
1: Dutch, and the chimps are in Africa, so they're like, "Bitch, no." <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they really fully understood her title, like for sure. But then <laughs> if she was a doctor, that made her Doctor Baroness. Ooh, true. Jane, or is it Baroness Doctor Jane? No, I think it's Doctor Baroness Jane Van Lewick. Doctor
1: Baroness certainly sounds better.
0: Yeah. It's like it's giving me some Dr. Jill vibes, which I'm like really here for also. Okay.
1: So this <laughs> says that a Baron or Baroness is higher than a lord or a knight, but lower than a Viscount or Count. Which I think Mm -hmm. lord or knight is the one where, like, anybody can be that, right? Because the queen, like, knights actors and stuff all the time. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And so it literally is the lowest level.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. So, no, lord or lady is the lowest level.
1: Well, yeah, lord or lady is the lowest level, but I feel like that's not even royalty, you know? Like, you gotta be a baroness to actually be in the Like, that's some blood shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, actually, I could totally see that. But then again, is that the same for Dutch royalty? Who knows? Oh, I don't know what they do. It's got to be the fucking same. It, this fact. says in various European countries. Okay, so Europeans lack complete creativity. It's got to be the exact same. Yeah, like surely it's at least very close. Yeah, weird. Okay, anyway, so in <laughs> in 1967, the two had a son who they named Hugo Eric Lewis, but they nicknamed him Grub.
1: So she showed up to the chimpanzees like, this is my son Grub, also I know you're cannibals.
0: Yes, and also she showed up to the Dutch High Society saying, <laughs> this is my son Grub, I know you're cannibals. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like someone's going to eat him. I, they said that he was like affectionately known as Grub, and I'm like,
1: it's not Okay.
0: i'm sure there's a
1: cute reason like it's
0: probably like i just want to eat your face you know like yeah
1: or like when he was a kid he couldn't say something and it came out grub like i don't know
0: yeah i have no fucking idea but i thought it was cute and also weird um and i thought it worked perfectly with the fact that he also was baron grub basically because it's a title that passes on (laughs) so um in 1974 the marriage ended unfortunately after a decade of being married uh but the two remained very good friends and both would go on to remarry like pretty much immediately um in 1975 jane married Derek bryson who was both the director of tanzania's national parks as well as a member of tanzania's parliament so he's kind of like double dipping here um And while together, he was actually able to protect Jean's research projects and implement an embargo on tourism in Gombe um, in order to allow more, I guess, research. Yeah, real rough. Because you're
1: like, I hope Sarah tells me and I'm like, I did not encounter that information.
0: I literally was like about to say, did you encounter anything here? But (laughs) I I, I (laughs) saw that there was an embargo.
1: I saw that there was like an embargo.
0: But I didn't see anything about why, because it's not like the tourism was like poaching the animal, you know? Right, but it's still, I guess, disruptive to the natural order. So if. Yeah. And I would imagine Jane would be like, these animals are not for profit. Like, if yeah. you want to learn about them, study about them, don't like fucking come in here with like cameras and shit. But. Right. I don't know. I'm wildly speculating there. Um, yeah.
1: It also like you can go there now. It was not permanent. It was just so it must have just been.
0: It was also the 70s. So again, we have like a, again we have a lot of like decolonization happening or that has happened. Um, yeah, true. And you've got shit happening in the Middle East, and you've got the Cold War. So like there is a lot of stuff happening globally. I can imagine that, like, you know, that must have some type of a play into yeah. it, but. Um, So the marriage was unfortunately short lived because he died five years later in October of 1980 from cancer. So some random Jane fun facts I found. So (laughs) this is my favorite fact of all time. Jane Goodall has stated that dogs are her favorite animal, (laughs) despite the fact that she has studied chimpanzees for over 60 fucking years. I just like have such inexplicable joy because dogs are the fucking best and I just love them so much. And the fact that Jane Goodall is like with me on that, I feel like I'm doing something right for once in my life. Um, this one's less fun and also very difficult to say and I see that you have it highlighted so now I'm having like a small
1: oh because (laughs) I was double checking that it was what I thought but it is
0: so it's prosopagnosia did I say that right
1: I don't know how to say it I read how do
0: you okay you did (laughs) I
1: read a a novel where a character had it and so I was like I think that's the word and also I saw something about it With her in my research.
0: Yeah. So this is like, it makes it difficult to recognize familiar faces. Yeah. Which is really interesting if you think about studying chimpanzees. Well,
1: because that's what I saw is something where she said it extends to the chimpanzees. Yeah. That like, maybe that's why it was easier to name them. Yeah. Well, I know she was, I saw, I think she said like, eventually she's able to pick it up. right? Right. Like, after enough time, she figures out this is so and so. Right. Um. But I just saw something that said it extended to chimpanzees. And then I was like, based on your note, I was like, I think that's that word from that book I read.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't do too much research into it, but it seemed to be like something that's actually more common than people think.
1: Yeah. And there's like levels of it. Right. Like, right. You could have it really bad and never recognize a face or you can just be like, I can't tell these two people apart very well.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's like like i said i think the fact that she used other characteristics to identify the chimpanzees was like part of just her unique yeah. exposure to it and also her unique experience with it
1: so, right and probably why she was good at picking up like oh they have personality differences
0: mm-hmm. like this one like likes that. to tickle their little baby and this one likes to eat all the other females or whatever right yeah exactly <laughs> those just are like very that. <laughs> those <laughs> Those are very drastically different personality traits, but I thought that they were worth identifying just so everyone That's knows. That's fair. Um, so something I found super interesting was her like little segment on religion and spirituality, mostly because I'm on this like weird spiritual journey of my own and I was kind of curious to see what this like crazy smart woman believes. So, okay. she was raised in a Christian congregationalist family and as a young woman, she took night classes in something called the Theosophy? Theosophy. Okay. Which is like...
1: Theology-philosophy blend?
0: So, kind of. Although, actually, if you click on it, that... Look at the picture. The logo.
1: Theosophy. It's a problem-free...
0: <laughs> Theosophy! The <philosophy. laughs> oh, weird. Yeah, so it has oh, a mixture... a lot is happening here. Yes, so it has the what we know as the swastika right but obviously it's... it is
1: not being used as a swastika correct in this context
0: correct so it's actually a religion that was established in the u.s in the late 1800s um yeah. and it was founded by a russian immigrant and basically it comes from this like writing that this woman helena blavatsky wrote and it's like like it teaches that there's an ancient and secretive brotherhood of spiritual things known as like masters so she like took a class on this and i don't know if it ever like went anywhere for her but yeah and like like pretty cool
1: i will put a picture of it in like the instagram but it's this logo and it's got like a star of david and an ankh and the what is it the ouroboros
0: i was gonna say it's the ouroboros and then it and has a swastika mm-hmm.
1: and then i can't remember the name of the the one on the top the
0: it's got ship. this is that the, would that be the star of david
1: no the star of david's the big star
0: that's what i'm saying no no that what uh, it would be the star of david like you would identify yeah, that right cause,
1: yeah because it's a six point star um but then what's the three right the the symbol with the three i think it's like from
0: i think it's like buddhism
1: yeah i think you're right
0: because i know the swastika i think is hindu
1: Yeah, the the swastika comes from Hindu, and then I think that's the Ankh. It doesn't have a, like, reference to Christianity. No, and so
0: the bottom of it says there is no religion higher than truth, which, I don't know, dude, maybe we should do an episode on this because it seems, like, pretty fucking mysterious. So anyway, she took a class on this. and never said that she did anything with it other than she took a class. Right. Um, And then she also talks about in one of her, like, memoirs, that she went to church more frequently. Oh, sorry. I just knocked my mic over. That's
1: fine.
0: Um, She went to church more frequently as a teenager because she was in love with the new minister whose name was Trevor Davies. And she Bless. thought he was super handsome. And she fell in love with him. And like...
1: That's very wholesome. Yeah.
0: She said, suddenly no one had to encourage me to go to church. Indeed, there were never <laughs> enough services for my liking. <laughs> Which Bless. I thought was so cute. Um, Later on... As she started to encounter more scientific colleagues, she kind of writes about her experience of their atheism and agnosticism. And she writes that quote, fortunately, by the time I got to Cambridge, I was 27 years old and my beliefs had already molded so that I was not influenced by these opinions. Quote later on in another book, she goes on actually the books literally called reason for hope, a spiritual journey, which is a book she wrote in 1999. And she talks about her like experience uh, visiting no, Uh, Notre Dame Cathedral in 1977 and says, quote, since I cannot believe that this was the result of chance, I had to admit anti-chance. And so I must believe in a guiding power in the universe. In other words, I must believe in God, quote. And then if she's like, ask if she believes in God, she says, I don't have any idea of who or what God is, but I do believe in some great spiritual power, quote. So she talks about how she feels it in nature and it's something bigger and stronger than like what she is or what anyone is. And I kind of always liked that. But then she Mm -hmm. also sort of identifies herself as a Christian because she was raised that way. So I don't know. I went off on like a random tangent because I thought it was pretty cool that there was enough out there for her that she would talk about it. Yeah. So the next part is going to take me 7000 years to go through because this woman, the level of activism I'm just going to yeah. try to, like, sum it up because it's I, it's pretty much all of my research. So, yep. Woo, deep breath. Okay. So, in 1977, Goodall actually established the Jane Goodall Institution called the JGI, uh, which is an organization that supports the Gombe research. And it's still in existence today. You can go on their website, which I did for some of my stuff. and. Basically, this institute is just like what makes her and the others a global leader in the effort to protect chimpanzees and their habitats. So it has 19 different offices around the world, and it's widely recognized for its community-centered conservation and development programs in Africa. And one of the things that I was actually seeing was... I was kind of concerned that this was going to be some, like, white saviorism bullshit. Yeah. It actually really isn't. So- it's not,
1: because I have a, after this criticism section, and I was like, oh, shit, let's get into it. And it's literally just, like, well, her research methods.
0: Yeah. And it's actually, like, <laughs> it's as minimally invasive to African communities as possible. It's mm-hmm. more like, here's what you can do to, like, protect chimpanzees. Right. And it's not so much, like here's what you can do with indoor plumbing or some bullshit like white people stuff that right here's why we should have chimpanzees as pets right (laughs) right exactly um so it's nothing like that which i was super um relieved by uh in 1991 the jgi started a global youth program called roots and shoots and I thought that was also the cutest thing ever that is cute and this like mini organization within the organization actually started when a group of 16 local teenagers met with Goodall on her back porch in Dar es Salaam in Tanzania and they basically discussed like all of the things that they know and see and experience like firsthand, and like what their major concerns were for it and she like listened to them and basically helped them establish like a way to get more support and the word out there on how to, like, you know, fix the problems that they were noticing. And the Roots and Shoots organization currently has over 10,000 groups in 100 different countries, at least 100 countries. That's cool. Uh, In 1992, she founded the Chimponga Chimpanzee Rehabilitation Center in the Republic of Congo to care for chimpanzees that were orphaned in the bushmeat trade and the rehabilitation houses there in those programs offer over a hundred chimps like they basically host over a hundred chimps across its three islands um in 1994 she founded the lake Tanganyika catchment reforestation and education to care or take care pilot project uh, which was basically implemented to help protect chimps habitats from deforestation uh, by reforesting hills around gombe And also teaching neighboring communities on sustainability and agriculture training. So, like, this is kind of what I meant when I was saying earlier that it really isn't, like, white people shit coming in. It's actually a lot more, like, white people destroyed your land. Like, how can we make this more sustainable for you? Right. The program also supports young girls in the area by offering them access to reproductive health education through scholarships. I know. Fucking so cool, right? I was like, man, she does everything. Uh, Yeah. Um, In the mid-90s, her handwritten notes, photos, and data were all moved from her home in Dar es Salaam to the University of Minnesota, which I think is such an interesting and random Minnesota. fucking place. Minnesota. And that's not at all what it sounds like. And I understand that my, my poor Jersey accent. Is so. Oh, I can't
1: do accents at all. So so
0: <laughs> I'm like, don't you know? But I don't know if that's Minnesota. So, nope. <laughs> oh, let's. But that is I also c- that is You that. learned it on Wine and Crime. Probably. But I also <laughs> say I've also said, oh, before, like, before I listened to it, I was like, oh, excuse me. Like, I, because I'm constantly apologizing. That's probably right. really what it is. I mean, yeah. Um, so the University of Minnesota held the Jane Goodall Institute Center for Primate Studies um, for several years until um, March of 2011 when Duke University. Oh. oh, I know. I was like, oh, it's coming back. Uh-huh. Look at that. Um, Duke University actually announced that the archives would move to their um, their school and would be overseen oh. by <laughs> i don't know if it's Anne e pusey or probably, Anne e pussy but i don't I, think it's pussy i know it's probably
1: pussy but it looks like pussy when you look at it
0: and it also kind of could be Pousse which makes me think of orange is the new black True. but i don't i don't think it's that so i think it's pussy but what a terribly unfortunate last name for yeah. a teacher to have Ooh, yeah, miss um, pussy miss pussy and it's an e pussy so like it just oh. <laughs> okay yeah. uh just like having to hear that i
1: feel like would be so dramatizing wait i'm um, sorry i just went to see if wikipedia had a pronunciation they don't but <sighs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh no her, so her husband she was married for 20 years yeah to a man whose last name was packer
0: oh my god so I'm just
1: hyphenating in my head right oh no
0: <laughs> no wait when
1: pussy oh, packer. My oh my god the pussy packer family
0: and honestly packer pussy is not better either no it's not oh i'm so okay well, i'm 12 this woman is also smarter than you and i will ever be combined oh in like... yes
1: i'm so sorry ma'am if you're listening. <laughs>
0: Also, if you're listening, please email us at wthistorypodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> We'd really love to hear from you. She
1: won't be doing that. She will not be
0: doing that. Um, <laughs> so uh, Anne, I'm just going to call <laughs> Dr. Anne. Anne. Dr. Anne. Anne is the chairman of, or was the chairman, I don't know if she still is, of evolutionary anthropology. And she actually worked with Goodall in Tanzania for quite some time. Uh, Jane's activism began to change over time, and she actually... Credits the 1986 Understanding Chimpanzees Conference, which I did not know was a thing, but I uh, with shifting her focus from observation of chimps to a broader and more intense concern with just animal and human conservation in general. Mm hmm. Uh, She is the former president of Advocates for Animals, which is an organization based in Edinburgh, uh, which campaigns against the use of animals in medical research, zoos, farming and sport. Um, Jane is a vegetarian and advocates the diet for ethical, environmental and health reasons. And she's been super openly critical of people who say they love animals and then eat them. So I just deleted the quote that I had originally because I felt like a (laughs) trash person. (laughs) I had a chicken burrito today and I was like, oh, like I was eating my chicken burrito as she's talking about like the (laughs) mutilation of animals. And I was like, "Mm, it's fine. okay." Um, but at least she's not vegan. So true. And that's a direct insult to people who are vegan. vegan. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I have a couple of vegan friends who might be listening and I'm really sorry. I'm just messing with you. No, the vegans I know are not annoying vegans, but they're no, I don't. I don't know any annoying annoying vegans. vegans. Yeah. And I don't know any annoying CrossFitters either. I feel like I have to just throw that out there too. I just don't know any CrossFitters. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say you would know because they wouldn't stop. Yeah. Uh, she's very outspoken when it comes to environmental um, advocation in terms of looking at the effects of climate change on endangered species, such as chimps. And Jane and her foundation collaborated with NASA, which is so fucking cool, okay. uh, to use satellite imagery from the Landsat series in order to help fix the effects of deforestation. Um And like not just on chimps, but also local communities in Western Africa. So basically they used the information they got with NASA to offer villagers information on how to reduce activity and preserve their environment more effectively. Uh, In 2000, she founded the organization Ethologists for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, which I believe is a collection of ethologists who believe in treating animals ethically. (laughs) That's um, a good guess. <laughs> That's my guess. A lot of eth sounds, so. Yeah. And my tongue is super dry, so I don't actually know what that even sounded like until sounded I go beautiful. in and edit this. Thank you. Um, in April of 2008, she gave a lecture entitled, quote, Reason for Hope at the University of San Diego's Joan B. Kroc Institute for Peace and Justice Distinguished Lecture Series. Also... Why the fuck are all of these names so long? I think that's yeah. what half of this research is. is just really long titles. Yep. Um, then in the same year, she demanded the uh, European Union end the use of medical research on animals and ensure more funding for alternative methods of medical research. In the same year, May 2008, she controversially described the Edinburgh Zoo's new primate enclosure as a, quote, wonderful facility where monkeys, quote, are probably better off than those living in the wild in an area like Budongo, where one in six gets caught in a wire snare in countries like Congo, where chimpanzee- Congo, bleh, where, con- where chimpanzees, monkeys, and gorillas are shot for food commercially, quote. Okay. This statement went directly against literally what the Advocates for Animals position on captive animals is. Yeah. <laughs> so – in June two thousand and eight, she confirmed that she'd resigned the presidency of yep. the organization, which she'd held since ninety eight and she cited her busy schedule explaining, <laughs> quote, "I yes. just don't have time for them."
1: <laughs> yes, I
0: loved it because I saw this when I was doing criticism, but I took it out since you had it
1: um, and it was just beautiful
0: i like i'm I'm envisioning envisioning like her. Her voice, like her British yeah. was like I just don't oh have no, time. I just don't have time for them. <laughs> like, meh, I'm Jane Goodall, and I can do whatever the fuck I want <laughs> because she fucking can. So anyway, uh, let's see. She's a patron of something called the Population Matters Population Concern Charity, which I'm going to assume um wants everyone to stop. I don't know procreating because the populations were overpopulated or whatever. I'm sure. I don't actually know. I have
1: feelings on that, but
0: okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking of Dwight <laughs> when he's in the he's in New York City with Jim in the office and he's like, yes. We need a new plague and I'm like, Oh, it hits so different now. Well, yeah. Well Dwight <laughs> Well, Dwight, you got what you fucking wanted. Um, she's also an ambassador for something called Disney Nature, which is like a program through Walt Disney World that has um like a major focus in I guess a lot of the stuff, if you look on Disney+, Plus, there's, like, Nat Geo and um, a lot of different, mm-hmm. like, nature videos and shit. Or even, um, I think, um, I'm pretty sure
1: Meghan Markle narrated some.
0: She did. So. She did the one about elephants. And holy yes. shit, Sarah. I, first of all, elephants are my favorite animal besides dogs. If I could have an elephant, I would absolutely have an elephant. Fair. Second, Meghan Markle is... Perfect. perfect. Just everything about her. <laughs> oh, She's, I'm getting yeah. chills. Oh my God, I wish I was her, or I could marry her. Same, but or be like ha- be her daughter or something. I just right. want to be connected to her. Do you need but a personal it's... assistant? Like, like literally anything. Do you want to just like throw like slurs at me? I'll accept it. <laughs> Do you like... need a punching bag? <laughs> Pretend I'm Kate. Go. <laughs> Do you need a physical or emotional punching bag? Because I'm ready. You know, nope. same. Um, something really cool too. I'll actually kind of talk about that later, but. She ends up... Oh, fuck it. I'll talk about it now. So she actually was honored by Disney with getting um, a plaque on the Tree of Life at Animal Kingdom, the theme park, alongside a carving of her beloved David Greybeard, who was the original chimp that approached Mm -hmm. Goodall during her first year. And my uncle actually met Jane Goodall. He was okay. Working... So this is why there's a bullet point that says uh-huh. nothing but Uncle Jimmy. <laughs> yes. So my uncle, I remember he told us um, he got to meet her. She was doing an interview, I guess, probably for this specific event. And she was supposedly like the nicest person he's ever spoken to. And she was like very quiet and very reserved, but like very profound. Like every word she was saying, everybody was like leaned in to hear it. And apparently she lost her bracelet. And she couldn't find it, so like my uncle ran to go find it in her dressing room and end up finding it and bringing it back to her. And Aww. and she was like, "Thank you so much." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem." And he like told me, and I was like eight or nine, and I was like, "Wow, my uncle's the coolest in the world." Yeah, you know? like he saved Jane Goodall, but like really, like <laughs> he listen. saved her life. <laughs> right. So that's my uncle Jimmy Bullet. Um, In 2010, she and her foundation formed a coalition with a number of organizations such as the Wildlife Conservation Society and the Humane Society of the United States uh, to petition um, all chimpanzees to be listed as um, endangered, including those that are captive. Mm -hmm. And five years later, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service announced that they would accept this rule. In 2011, we're still not done. She became nope. a patron of Australian Animal Protection, uh, a group called Voiceless, the Animal Protection Institute. That's the whole name. I'm assuming mm-hmm. they just help protect animals. Yeah. In 2014, she wrote to Air France executives and criticized the airline's continued transport of monkeys to la- laboratories. I almost said laboratories like laboratories. fucking Dexter. My laboratory. Do you remember that sh- fucking show? Yeah, that was, yeah, a, good that was show. a great show. Uh, And she called the practice cruel and traumatic for the monkeys involved. That same year, she also wrote to the National Institutes of Health to criticize their maternal deprivation experiments on baby monkeys in their laboratories. She is a critic of fox hunting, and she is among more than 20 high-profile people who signed a letter to members of Parliament in 2015 opposing the conservative Prime Minister David Cameron's plan to amend the Hunting Act of 2004. In 2020 that's a year yep. uh she continued her organization's work on the environment and she vowed to plant five million trees part of the one trillion tree initiative founded by the world economic forum because what else is she fucking doing i don't know if this was early 2020 or mid pandemic 2020 oh, right. but like bitches plant trees and saving the fucking world yeah why not one tree at a time um in February of 2021 of this year, she and more than 140 scientists called on the um, European Union Commission to abolish caging of farm animals. And today, Goodall devotes literally all of her time to advocacy on behalf of chimps and the environment. She travels nearly 300 days a year, and she's also a board member for the world's largest chimpanzee sanctuary outside of Africa, a place called Save the Chimps in Fort Pierce, Florida. <laughs> sure. Why would you not have a fucking chimp rescue in the middle of Florida? Yeah. Uh, she's been awarded multiple honors during August of 2019. She was given um, the honor of being pretty much made into a bronze sculpture uh, that was placed in Midtown Manhattan alongside nine other women as part of the quote statues for equality project. Because what women really want is to be fucking memorialized in a statue and not mm-hmm. given legitimate rights over their body or Can I you know, have both? Income. Right. Like, I do want both. The statues are cool as fuck, but like, also, could you do something real too? Um, I mean, yeah. Some of the other honors that she got include being named a Dame Commander of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire. Fuck yeah. Forget <laughs> Baroness. So fucking cool. Um, and she also became a United Nations Messenger of Peace in 2002. Other honors include. Receiving the Tyler Prize for Environmental Achievement, the French Legion of Honor, the Medal of, Tanzan- uh, Medal of Tanzania, Japan's Kyoto Prize, the Benjamin Franklin Medal in Life of Science, the Gandhi King Award for Nonviolence, and the Spanish Prince of Asturias Award. Uh, like I said, she's honored by Walt Disney World, and she is memorialized in the – I don't know if I – do you say memorialized because she ain't dead? I don't know. She's I don't commemorated? Know. commemorated. Commemorated. Memorialized. That means she is dead. In 2010, Dave Matthews Wait, and Tim we Reynolds. can go back to Disney
1: for a second? Oh yeah, I just absolutely. Just hear a vaguely related thought about Animal oh, Kingdom. Oh god, yes. Which is that? So the the wildlife reserve at Animal Kingdom that you can like go on a safari in.
0: Oh no, are you going to tell me something really bad about no, it? No, no. I've actually heard okay. pretty
1: good things because I actually really
0: enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, it's
1: it's just it's called the Harambe Wildlife Reserve. It is. And right next to it is the Gorilla Falls trail. Oh, I And even... every time I go as a bad person, I laugh because there's a big sign that says Harambe Gorilla Falls.
0: And um, have I you ever we... heard the?
1: <laughs> I think <laughs> so we should start a conspiracy theory about it.
0: So Disney definitely had something to do with that. First of all, second of all, yes. have you ever heard the dicks out for Harambe song?
1: Yes, because, okay, okay so the same trip I was on <laughs> where I discovered this. So it was like, you know, a year or two after the Harambe thing, so it was still like an internet meme,
0: which is still um, such bullshit. But
1: yes, but that same year, um, <laughs> I just have this memory. We were also at Harry Potter World,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we were in Ollivanders, right, doing the thing. But we already yes. had wands. We were just like going through to do the thing, and yeah. they at some point say, "You know, if you have a wand, take it out." And I did yell wands out for Harambe. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And the guy, like, he tried so hard not to break character. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would have fucking hated you if I was that guy. I would have been like, this girl came in and it was hilarious. But holy shit. Yeah. Like,
1: I almost got him. You know, he was not supposed to laugh at that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Dude, I was so mad I didn't get picked for that. But I was in a room full of fucking kids. So I wasn't going to.
1: I feel like they often pick older people because you can buy a wand. You just have to live. If
0: I had been chosen, I would have bought five fucking ones. Okay. But no, they picked like a six year old.
1: No, my best friend and I got picked together. Like we went in and they separated us because they do it by height and she's a lot shorter than me okay and we were teasing each other right like she got pushed to the front with the kids so i was like sucks to suck and they must have seen us and they picked us together and then we got matching best friend wands, where uh, the like core was um a heartstring string from the same dragon or whatever shit uh, um and then you know we bought
0: two interactive wands, obviously yeah of course absolutely i also got mad because i didn't get picked for bell story time at disney a couple times ta- oh that's ago, fair but, yeah you know what it's fine i worked through it um But I'm still upset. You know, I'm still... (laughs) I just want to be appreciated. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Um, That's I'm still not even done with her fucking honors, dude. I know.
1: I'm. I got so distracted. No, just fine. when I think of Animal Kingdom, I think of Harambe gorilla falls, and I got distracted.
0: Well, it was very challenging to not just start like chanting dicks out for Harambe in the middle of it. I mean, so. I yelled wands out for Harambe at Ollivander. <laughs> so I know, but it's not shouting the word dicks at a child's. Park. I mean, fair. I did see elephants there though, and it was in. In 2010, Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds <laughs> held a benefit concert at Dar Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C. to commemorate Gombe 50, which was a global celebration of Jane Goodall's pioneering chimpanzee research and inspiring vision for our future. Quote,
1: when it says Dar Constitution Hall, is that like Daughters of the American Revolution?
0: Oh, it has to be. Let's see. It's got to be. Also, I, I've i told you I'm a daughter of the American Revolution, yes. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. It is. That's a. That. What else could it be? Yeah. Uh. And then Time Magazine named her as one of the 100 most influential people in the world in 2019, and in 2021 she received the Templeton Prize. So she's like great, basically. Yeah. Honestly, I know you're gonna talk about criticism, but like I, of all the things I saw, I saw very little. Yeah. I really wrong, don't even which is have so interesting much.
1: Um. Like one of the bigger things was the the piece you talked about her quote about the zoo mm-hmm. that people thought like really contradicted a lot of her work yeah um the only other thing that was even close to like a scandal was in 2013 there was a book called seeds of hope that she okay. co-authored and they they paused the the release of it due to the quote discovery of plagiarized portions right um and so basically there was these plagiarism claims and they were true but basically what it was is they just weren't properly citing websites so and it literally was like these portions were attributed to websites about organic tea tobacco amateur astrology and one of the websites was actually wikipedia
0: um (laughs) so so it used wikipedia in her book I guess. Oh, that's funny.
1: Right. And so it was just like portions where they didn't properly quote or cite their source material, which is technically plagiarism, but like not as bad as plagiarism sound. You know, you hear that Mm -hmm. you're like, she took someone else's research. It's like, no, they just like fucked it up. And so she apologized um, and basically said that, right? Like my team will take care to like properly do this. They pushed the book out a year. They added 57 pages of end notes.
0: Oh, and it got published the next year. So like she went hard.
1: Yeah. But that's like the next biggest scandal.
0: Um, Sometimes you have to, though. Like I remember when I was one year, I had to do like my mid-year evaluation and it was the first year I was doing theater. Yeah. And my mid-year stuff was like just empty. And my vice principal who was observing me and he was my like evaluator for the year, like halfway through, he's like, yeah, you really need to have some stuff in here. He said but please for the love of god do not overflow this at the end of the year like i have to read everything <laughs> you input into this so yep. don't don't stress yourself out so i put like 15 things in each section and there's six sections and he emailed <laughs> me and he was like i literally hate you <laughs> <laughs> and i was like <laughs> well i gotta fix my shit and that's literally what she did so good on yep. her um
1: the rest of the criticism has to do with her like, research methods and techniques. So I kind of said, at the time, she saw things, like, in, she was doing things differently, right? Like, now we see her naming the chimpanzees instead of numbering them as kind of revolutionary for research or just generally good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But at the time, that was actually really highly criticized. Um, people did not like that she was naming the chimps. Hmm. Basically, they were saying it was an emotional attachment to her subjects. Right, by by naming them, she was attributing features to them and like becoming right. close with them in a way that a good researcher wouldn't. Is the argument?
0: Um, yeah, like favoritism, basically.
1: Yeah, and so it was a lot about like objectivity. Um, there was a lot of belief she was inserting herself into the experiments. Right, like by becoming part of the group. On one hand, that's a way to observe. On the other hand, they would argue that like. It altered behavior, right? So the chimps were more aggressive because she was there, or something like that. So, like so... her
0: her being there made things not as natural, basically.
1: Yeah, that was basically mm, okay. it. Um, which I can see the argument for that, right? Like she wasn't purely observing; she was. Like, creating situations to observe. So, like, mm-hmm. one of the big things was feedings, right? She would, like, initiate feeding events to observe how they, like, interacted with each other. Right. And she has said since then, like, that probably did contribute to the aggression she saw, but it didn't create it. It just altered the level. It,
0: like, exacerbated the situation. Exactly. She didn't, like, actually make it happen. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it's like, there's no way to know what it would have been like if she wasn't there, But basically a lot of the criticism was she's inserting herself and it's making the results not as valid. Mm -hmm. Um, That part I can see more. They also just really didn't like that she used human-like words like mood or adolescence and things like that. Because, yeah, but like I said at the time, they really didn't think of animals as akin to humans. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she was like, no, they're basically like rudimentary humans. (laughs)
0: Um, but, like, at some point, there is, like, a similarity or some type of connection. Yeah, exactly. Like, just, like, even looking at, like, their their hands or paws. I don't know what yeah. the fuck you call them. Just, like, that's inc- so yeah. eerie to me. It's so cool, but it's so similar.
1: Yeah, but I think now that's more accepted, right? That, like, we're very similar to primates. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was not as accepted. And probably that's because of her. At least in part. Um, But so that was the other criticism she got. But there were people at the same time arguing that like without the level of interaction she was doing and the way she viewed the chimpanzees, like she wouldn't have been able to see anything at all. Right. They would have like if she hadn't integrated herself into the troop, they might have hidden behaviors from her or she wouldn't have had access to certain things. Yeah. And like there's no way to really know. But that was kind of the argument. Um, it is worth noting more recent studies don't show the same level of aggression she observed in her original Gombe studies. Okay. Um, there is still aggression, but it's not as severe. So a lot of those like systematic hunting and killings, the cannibalism isn't as common, Mm. but there's also probably something to be said for the amount of tourism and them being more used to humans. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but like I said, even she said that the way she was doing it may have amped it up a bit.
0: And and she, like, inserted herself into their fucking troop, like... Right. That's and like no crazy. one has done that since, so... But just her ability to do that is, like, whether... I don't know anything about, like, science and shit like that in no. this sense, but, like, I would imagine that's a pretty good fucking firsthand study. I would think. Um. So... Yeah, but so that was literally the
1: criticism was pretty much just, like, academic. Is this the right way to observe animals? There's no perfect answer type thing, right? right? Like, there's probably some things about it that were better, some that were worse. And you just have to decide, like, how you get the information. Yeah. Um, And that's really all the criticism. I, I did not find anything where she was like, man, I love Donald Trump or something like that. There was nothing crazy <laughs> that's like the first that you go to it's so well, good. i was trying to you know like if you google, no i know like, i sure I, did google jane goodall problematic just to like check yeah and i i did
0: too because i was curious and yeah
1: that's how i do my
0: criticism research is which is like really refreshing like i have to say we always end up with like even like when we did rbg right like yeah she had problems which like everybody does and that's not to say that you know she ain't is fucking perfect but like i mean she seems to be pretty damn close like yeah i found a couple <laughs> blogs of people
1: who randomly really hate her but nothing like uh-huh.
0: real it's probably just a bunch of like old white men
1: right like i don't like her she seems yeah. mean or whatever
0: <laughs> right right she doesn't smile like, oh, yeah like myself. or op-eds or whatever like, but God there was damn nothing fairness. i could
1: find where it was like <laughs> here's a thing she said That was really an issue and she supported and like, or like, you know, she did this for the chimpanzees and it pushed a bunch of people out of their homes or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And so she's great. And this is an uplifting episode. Thank you for your
0: time. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening because straight up, I, we've been really like heavy hitting. I mean, we did fucking childbirth, Jack the Ripper. Well, what yeah. else did we do? We did a couple of other Doris like, heavy Duke, ones. There was like some murder involved. Yeah. And she kind of went like insane. So yeah, there was definitely some, <laughs> some dark elements. Um, But for this episode, we only had light cannibalism. And I yeah. think that's a really big step for us. So, Agree. Um, so wants out for Harambe, everybody. Mm-hmm. And we will <laughs> talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>
1: Thank you for listening to What the History. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WTHistoryPod. If you'd like to email us, you can do that at WTHistoryPodcast at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear feedback or episode ideas or anything else you have to say. You can support us on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash WTHistoryPodcast and get exclusive access to even more nerdy stuff. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday when new episodes are released, and we will see you next time.